Hello and welcome to episode 15 of Real Life Ghost Stories. Halfway to 30. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much longer we can keep this whole no, no, counting joke going. Uh, uh, I think um, we need to... Need the last to, one maybe. Maybe the last one. Uh, maybe. I know you all love it though, so you know. Maths with Dan. Our review this week is something slightly different. We went rogue. Very rogue. So usually we do a film review and the film review will be back next week. However, this week we've been away. We were in the lovely town of Oxford. So instead of doing a film review, we've decided to review a ghost tour instead. Ooh. I know. You were there. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We are reviewing Bill Spector's ghost trail today. If he's not wearing a top hat, it's not Bill. That's important to remember. We went on Bill Spector's ghost tour. It kicked off at half six last night. It goes on for about an hour and a half, a little bit longer. And last night was freezing. Last night was fucking minus 20 degrees or something. I don't think it was that cold. All right, it was that cold. I was so cold. Before we even start with this review, I would recommend that you do this during the summer when it's warm at night time. I would second that. Not when it's minus 5,000 degrees and you're freezing the whole way around. It was £10 each to go on this ghost tour. What did you think of it? I quite enjoyed it. It wasn't like... Well, sorry, Dan, we're, we're, we're drinking at the moment and Dan just made this weird... I'm pretty little... sure I just burped on the thing. <laughs> so let's go again. What did you think of it? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, it wasn't quite what I was expecting in terms of scares. Um, it was a bit more theatrical than that, I think. It's yeah, bit... I've never been on a ghost tour before. Have you ever been on a ghost tour? No. No, I've never done one before, so I don't really know what well, I was expecting. kind of. What do you mean, kind of? Well, I did the Shanghai Tunnels in Portland, didn't I? Which was a ghost tour. Oh, yeah, you did. But it wasn't like... It wasn't that kind of ghost tour because it was like, we're going to take you on the ground and it's actually really dark and there's torches if you want them, but we recommend you don't. That was that kind of thing. So that was quite creepy, even though it was like 100 people down there. So it was a bit less scary yeah. than it should have been. But anyway. Yeah, I think this was more of just, uh, it, it was it was for entertainment purposes really more than anything else. And historically, I learned loads of stuff. Yeah, there was loads of really cool, like sort of. The stories were great. Gruesome stories, which I liked. My favorite story was, there was one about the devil who was seen literally pulling a man through the iron grating of a window like minced meat. Oh, I loved it. That was my favourite story. Yeah, that was a good story. What was your favourite story? um, I like the one about the underground river when they were punting along the river and they saw a lady and they were dying and the, the ghostly figure of the lady like saw them out the other side but then like a couple of days later they found another punt with the body of two people in it didn't they so the lady the body of two people the bodies of two people (laughs) so the lady got her revenge which i quite liked as a story that was quite cool um, but I like what I liked about him was it. I think it was quite, um, like I said, it was quite theatrical, and I like the fact that he sort of intertwined a little bit of magic into. Yeah, his he tour. did. Now I've got, I, I absolutely adore magic. So if you're a magician, hit me up because magic is my fave. I love it. And Dan and I are those people who get really sucked into magic tricks and then get really dramatic when 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 the trick is revealed. We just there's a, a magic bar in Canterbury called Houdini's. 
and we were in there watching the magician whose name is Guy Wade doing magic tricks and he literally said to us this is the simplest trick in the world I cannot believe you've fallen for it while Dan and I were like running around screaming <laughs> calling him a witch because we didn't know we couldn't understand that was how it was after done. we like ruined his life for messing up a trick wasn't it oh yeah he messed up a trick and we were like oh fucked it but we were very nice to him yeah Bill Spector did some really cool magic I thought like little sort of sleight of hand tricks and stuff but the biggest trick was when he set a book on fire and both me and Emma were not looking in the right direction so <laughs> So it kind of lost its impact. We were a looking, bit. we were looking in the window, and being like, "Oh, something's going to happen in the window." No, and then behind us, he set a book on fire. Everyone else was like, "Ooh!" We were like, "What?" Oh shit! Something's on fire. We yeah. missed it. But and, it was and it the was... knife as well, cutting his arm off at the end. There, that was quite. That was gruesome. I, I mean, we were stood at the wrong angle a little bit because I could kind of see where the blood. Was I know, <laughs> I know, I know. We kind of ruined it for ourselves. I think it's a cracking little ghost tour to take kids on i know he said not to oh i think kids would love it i think it's a good because i think he's a natural entertainer and i think that's what made it quite entertaining it's it's full of dad jokes and those cheesy i need a volunteer from the audience type things but it was it was really sweet and just my only issue was was that it was it was minus 10 degrees which is not his fault no. i cannot blame bill Spector no, for the really weather can't. i mean but he's a powerful was, man but maybe not that powerful but it was so cold so i really struggled the whole way around uh, but if you are into history yeah I would absolutely recommend it because the little stories, they're, they're all true in terms of they all have a historical basis. So you learn some really interesting, cool historical facts on the way around. And it was like, it was they were ghost stories. So it was a ghost tour, but it's not a ghost hunt. So don't go expecting necessarily to see anything. I don't think I, I wasn't expecting a ghost hunt though. I'm always expecting ghosts. But I don't really know what I was expecting. I spent ages looking at a castle window where the light was, waiting for it to change, like waiting for something to walk in front of it. Oh, Dan was dying to see a ghost. Absolutely. All he wanted the whole way around was to see a ghost. And it didn't happen. I'm going to ask you a question to start off. What is your opinion on paranormal investigators? I love them. Why do you love them? Because I'm obsessed with Zach Bagans. Are you in love with Zach Bagans? Uh, maybe. Mm, I think you might be. So there's there's different kinds of paranormal investigators. There's Zach Bagans paranormal investigators that are obviously in it for the business. Yeah. One of my clients was a uh, a paranormal investigator from Kent, and he just did it for the love of the love of the ghosts. So it's just like a hobby. And they're they're the ones that I really like. See, I agree with that. So I cannot stand this whole ghost adventures most haunted i love ghost adventures zach if you're listening just by the way bullshit because it's like a load of, especially zach bagans and that kind of ghost adventures thing because it's very much like bruh did you hear that it's like yeah well you're in an old house what what do you expect to happen running around screaming because of a noise applying sort of explanations to things that are so outrageous it's like, oh, the, that thing that makes noise. What's you call that thing that like, there's like oh, an yeah, ovulus and all these equipments. All this equipment where they're like, it just said demon. No, it didn't. I really don't. I don't like the, um, I've said this before on the podcast, but I don't like the little Xbox One one where it makes the figure, the dancing figure. Oh yeah, I'm that's like, absolutely ridiculous. Don't really know what I'm seeing there. It's not really anything, is it? It's just a stick man. No, so I'm kind of, I'm with you on that one. I don't like paranormal investigators when they're in it for big business, when they're in it for well, the money. Well, if they're making, that's the thing, like if they're doing it to make a TV programme. Yeah, I, I really like that, um, that guy that we saw on YouTube, Paranormal Truth. Oh, he yeah. was just like, this is what an investigation is like. And I have like seven hour videos on YouTube where it's literally six and a half hours of them is just them sitting there going, hmm. Yeah, so they purposefully (laughs) do the whole move away from the Hollywoodized hour-long episode where something happens every five minutes. And I actually, I quite like him as well. I wouldn't watch it because it's seven hours long, which is really annoying because that (laughs) must be really frustrating for them. But I think he's got a pretty big following. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. But I had a paranormal investigator contact me. I know. And I'm on the same wavelength as you in that I don't like it when it's for big business. But if it's your hobby, by all means, have fun, enjoy it. If it's your hobby and you're not trying to make money from vulnerable people, then I am all for it. If that's what you want to do with your time, fantastic. And there have been some amateur paranormal investigators who have found like pretty good evidence, like recordings or whatever. But our story takes place this week in a very particular location. So I wanted to give you a bit of history of the location. Oxford? It's definitely not Oxford. Would you believe it's Ireland? No way! (laughs) (laughs) And it's in a castle. I'm going to give you a bit of a rundown of the history before we start the story. Are you ready? Now, I've taken this directly from the Charleville Castle website. Located in County Offaly in the Midlands of Ireland and bordering the town of Tullamore near the Shannon River, Charleville Castle is situated in Ireland's most ancient primordial oak woods, once the haunting ground of Ireland's Druids. Charleville Castle grew from paper doodles in early 1798 to grandiose plans by the end of that very eventful year in Ireland. It was built by Charles William Burry, Earl of Charleville, and was designed by Francis Johnson, one of the leading architects of the day. Charleville Castle is said to be the finest example of Gothic revival architecture in the country. This is a veritable Gothic castle of grand proportions. It owes its tin soldier fortress look to the celebration of victory over the third French revolutionary expedition to Ireland. The first decisive victory by Britain over the revolutionary republican movement which was sweeping across the monarchies and their colonies at that time. It took 14 years to complete this gothic dream, a monument not only to a now forgotten power, but also to the people who made it possible, the Irish craftsmen and impoverished people. So that's taken directly from the Charleville Castle website. Now, this man contacted me, who is a paranormal investigator, and I was talking to him on Instagram, and he, his name is David Wenger. He is an American man who moved to Ireland. Wenger. Wenger. I don't know. Is it Wenger or Wenger? Like Arsene Wenger. I say I don't know if it's a. Uh, I'm sorry, David. I'm really sorry if I pronounced your name wrong. I don't know if it's Wenger or Wenger. So we're going to say Wenger because. Arsene Wenger. Thank you for that. So he is a paranormal investigator, and for him, it started as a hobby, and then he became more and more interested in it. This guy has actually been on Ghost Hunters International. He's been on My Ghost Story and he's had an article in the independent newspaper in Ireland. So 
he's pretty serious about this stuff. That's cool. I'm not. I'm. I'm not actually opposed to the monetization of it. To be honest with you, I just think that those TV shows because they're so condensed, they're a bit theatrical. But if you like, if you can make money from doing tours and stuff because people want to go on it. As promised, here is one of my stories which happened here in Ireland. I will put a bit of background before I get into the story. I was born and raised in Canton, Massachusetts to a middle-class family. I have two brothers and sisters. One of my brothers is my twin. Growing up together, we were plagued with what I now know as paranormal events. Of course, we didn't understand what was going on at the time. From growls, unexplained footsteps and poltergeist activity, it was just something we dealt with. It wasn't until many years later when my siblings spoke of these things, they heard such as footsteps and so on. It was a bit of a relief we weren't going mad. I'd always had an interest in the strange or paranormal, but I had no idea where it would bring me. In 2003, I moved to Dublin, Ireland to live with my fiancé. As I said, I've always been interested in the paranormal, so when those types of TV shows became popular, I was in heaven. I wanted to learn more, so I went to the internet and started researching everything I could from different types of hauntings, techniques and paranormal groups in the area. I was lucky when I found the Paranormal Research Association of Ireland, who were still new in the field, but were looking for new members. I filled out a questionnaire and was delighted to find out I was invited to spend a night with them to see if I would fit into their group. The location for this investigation was Charleville Castle in Tullamore. This is where my story really begins. I looked up a bit of history of the location, as anyone would, but nothing prepared me for what happened. I do have to say at this point that this group conducted investigations from a logical perspective, not from a spiritual perspective, which I preferred. We were given our safety briefing, a history lesson on the location. When we were walking through the location, we tried to open one of the heavy oak doors and it was locked. We went and found the managing director to unlock the door and he told us he had already unlocked it before we got there. He grabbed the handle and the door opened. He told me, ah sure, it's just them having fun again. Later on, we split up into groups and investigated well into the wee hours. Although it wasn't a particularly active night for spirits, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. When the investigation was completed, we all went to one of the bedrooms to get some badly needed sleep. I found it tough to sleep from the excitement of being on my first investigation. At approximately 4am, I heard what can only be described as a table being dragged across the floor above us. So what did I do? I grabbed my flashlight and went up the old stairs, half praying I didn't see anything, but it certainly wasn't going to stop me either. I went into the room above where everyone was sleeping, and it was completely empty. No tables, no chairs, just a layer of dust on the floor. I proceeded to look around and hurry back to my bed and try to sleep. Finally I did from sheer exhaustion. While we were having breakfast the next morning, we were all chatting about the night before, and I asked if anyone had heard anything during the night. No one had. But the family that lives there did tell me that this was not the first time someone had heard that same noise from that same room. As time went on, I joined that paranormal group, and we've done many investigations with varied results. The more I delve into the history, the more I understand about this castle. The castle was built in 1878 by the Burry family. They had a daughter named Harriet who one day was asked by her nanny to go upstairs and wash her hands. On the way down, she thought it would be fun to slide down the banister. This would unfortunately lead to her death. She lost her grip and fell halfway down. Harriet was brought into the library, but alas, there was nothing they could do for her. She was only eight years old. I am now the lead investigator for the group, but I am also a volunteer at Charleville Castle for the past 10 years. There have been many reports and stories, but there is one of my personal stories which involves Harriet herself. 
As Charleville Castle is a trust, there must always be someone in the castle for insurance and health and safety reasons. I was contacted by the managing trustee to see if I could house sit the castle for the weekend as the family were going away on a trip. By this time, I'd grown quite close to the family who lived there. I agreed to keep an eye on the place and from a paranormal perspective, I thought it would be a great opportunity to see if something would happen if I was there alone. I did all the normal things we do as volunteers. I gave tours, cleaned the place up and make sure everything was secure since it's a renovation in progress. I walked through the entire building, all 56 rooms, to make sure all was where it should be. In the daylight, this place is magical, but at night it's a very different story. I do feel like I have to say that I've never felt anything aggressive in the castle. After having dinner, secured all the doors and windows and turned off all the lights, I did one final check and headed to the room that I was staying in. I'd started the fire earlier, so I was happy to hang out and read a book before I got into bed. One thing I should mention is that I had to climb the very staircase where Harriet fell and died. As I'd done this many times before, I would usually say hello to Harriet when I arrived and good night when I was going to bed. This was the first time I'd ever stayed in this castle alone. The bedroom was, had sort of a weird entrance where there were two doors with a space between them. You'll know why this is important shortly. I was asleep for a few hours when I heard something out on the staircase on the landing. There were two floors below me and one floor above me. I wrote it off as maybe one of the cats who lived there until I heard a giggle outside my door. I wasn't sure if I was dreaming or what, so I just went back to sleep. A while later, I heard something else. As I said, noise reverberates through this part of the castle, but this was loud. I sat up and listened, and I recognised the sound of a ball being bounced, and a young girl's voice very, very softly singing to herself. Some have described it as, La, la, giggle, la, la. I jumped out of bed, thinking someone had broken in, and was messing around, but when I opened the first door, and then the second door, there was nobody there. I'm not ashamed to say that I bolted back to bed and eventually went back to sleep. A couple of hours later again, I was woken up by another sound. But this was different. It was the sound of my bedroom door opening. Then the sound of little feet walking across the room. I couldn't see anything because it was pitch black, but I did sum up the courage to say, Hello Harriet, I'm very tired and it's been a long day. I could really use some sleep. Thank you for checking up on me. With that, I heard the sound of little feet and the door slowly close. There have been many reports of Harriet playing on the stairs and singing to herself. One of her most favourite things to do is play with girls' hair while they sleep. As I said, I've never felt anything bad in the castle and there are more stories which I have been told in confidence. I've been back many, many times but nothing compares to what happened to me that night alone in the castle. What are your thoughts? I want to know more. What do you want to know? All them stories that he's been told in confidence, he's not allowed to tell us. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know how I can help you with that one. Darn it. Yeah, well, I don't like little children and girls. And Do you know what's interesting? What? I've actually been to this castle. Ooh, have you? I have been to this castle. They used to do, I don't know if they still do, but they used to do a music festival called Castle Palooza in the grounds of Charleville Castle. And you, they had some performances in the castle itself. And I can remember a friend of mine at the time was playing a gig at this festival and they got a tour around the castle. And he was saying that they were telling him about the ghost of a little girl called Harriet who haunted the castle. So it's not, so it just, it's cool that like, yeah. I've experienced this castle, I've been in it 
It's very beautiful. Very, very beautiful. And it is in the middle of nowhere. I would shit myself if I heard the door open and little feet pattering into the room. Yes, I would I. Oh my God, I'd die. I'd be like, fuck you, Harriet. I would not have been as nice to Harriet as he was. Thanks for doing a really creepy la-la as well. That was, Did you enjoy it? I could it? see you doing it and it still sounded creepy. I worked Did hard you? on that. Mm. I just couldn't really sum up the, the energy to do a little girl giggle. I don't know if I'd be very good at that. <laughs> <laughs> that was lovely. Thanks. Um, yeah, I, I, mm, stuff with kids. Yeah, I don't. I mean, that's nice because there's providence to it. So, like, they know that that little girl died. I mean, it's not nice that she died, but they know that that little girl died. So, there's like a little yeah. bit of a. I just don't like random little girls. In general? No. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> let me rephrase that. I don't like random little ghost girls. I'm not sure that anyone does, though, to be honest. I think children are more creepy, aren't they? There's no way I would have stayed there. Would you not stay there on your own? No. So, if I said to you now, I'm going to give you a million pounds to go and stay in Charleville Castle? Uh, I probably would. To be fair, I don't have a million pounds and you know that, so yeah. that wouldn't be a very good incentive. No, but I probably would for it. That's that's something I would do for a million pounds. 100 fair. quid? Yeah, I probably would. I, I would do it. Actually, having said no, I probably would. I know you would. I know well you would do it. Yeah, because I'd want to... And I'd be laying there, I'd be waiting for something to happen and nothing would happen all night and I'd just be really tired when I came home because I'd have been lying in bed waiting for it. I'd love to do the ghost tour in Charleville Castle. Yeah. I'd love to. A ghost hunt. We should, um, we should hit them up the next time we're in Ireland. Yeah. Be like, hey, we talked about you on our podcast. Take us around the castle. Our really popular podcast. But I thought it was quite sweet that he he said to her, like, I'd like to get some sleep now. Thank and you then, for checking up on me. Yeah. And then she just potted off and shut the door. That's cool. That's a different level though, isn't it? Because that's interacting. That's not that. It's not that. What do they call it? Um, residual energy. Yeah, it's not residual energy. That's like the other word. Words fail me. Um, the, you know, when an interactive and intelligent. Well, spirit. I guess if... If she was sliding down the banister and that was how she died, which is really sad, mm. it kind of shows that she died at a point where she was full of life and vival- vi- yeah. vitality. Vitality. What the fuck is that? That's vitality. A butter, I think. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, that she was kind of died in her, you know, little little girl prime. Yeah. But I, I'm really intrigued by what was being dragged across the floor in the other story. Like, you know, when he first said... Yeah. Because like, if, no, if there's no furniture up there, I wonder what it was. Well, it's, it's hard to know, isn't it? Because that Maybe could it's... be residual, couldn't it? Because that could just be yep, like people moving stuff around. So we have to find out what that room is. That room was, rather, from the guy. Well, it's clearly not being used anymore if it's completely empty. No. I think I'd be more interested in that room than Harriet. I wouldn't. I'd be more interested in Harriet. Would you? Yeah, because she's like, there's like intelligent response there, isn't there, from the guy, from Mr. Wenger, asking her to leave and she left. I reckon you could do the ball thing and see if she'd play with it. Oh, they do it in, um, is it Waverly Hills Sanatorium where they regularly leave a ball? So Waverly Hills Sanatorium is a sanatorium in America that's like, you know, lauded as the most famous or the most famously haunted building in America. And regularly there, people leave bouncy balls for little kids to play with and the balls move on their own. And yeah, look it up. Look up the videos of it. It's weird. Yeah, fact and fact couldn't even get rid of it. Yeah, fact or fact paranormal files, which is our current thing. If you follow us on Instagram, you'll know <laughs> they did a video on it and they, they couldn't figure out how it worked. Yeah, I think it's, I just loved, loved that story. I read it once and then I must have been half asleep when I was reading it. And then I read it again and I was like, oh, oh no, yeah. this is really scary. It's always little girl guys, isn't it? It's very, really little boys. That's true. I don't know how I'd feel. I don't know if I'd have, like, I feel like this man is really brave. Uh, really brave. Super I, brave. Because I know he says, like, I'm not ashamed to say that I was frightened and whatever. But to have the wherewithal to say, thank you for coming to check up on me, but I need to go sleep now. But you regularly tell me you tell him to have off. Uh, but I, that's what I do. I just get frightened and then get overly aggressive. And that's yeah. not okay. Yeah, it's not fair scaring a little girl. Feel ashamed of yourself. I am ashamed of myself now, thanks. <laughs> 
clearly I'm not cut out for the paranormal investigator world. No, he's, he's like super brave because for staying there on his own in the first place, knowing that it's haunted. Like, it wasn't like he was, it was like prior to his investigation. It was after he'd done the investigation and, they, and then after he'd heard some paranormal stuff going on. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, it's cool. I'll just look after your castle. And then he went around and locked everything up as well, which is creepy. 56 rooms as yeah, well. Yeah, and it's in the middle of nowhere, you said as well, which yeah, makes it worse. Yeah, it's in the middle worse. of a woods. It's cool. But that was a, but like they said in the history, that was a wood that was used by druids. Yeah. Oh, nice. So there might be some sort of like residual magic shit going on. Yeah. I couldn't think of a better way to say that. I mean, probably, probably, probably is some residual magic going on. Yeah. And it made me think of the little girl in the hotel as well. What little girl in the hotel? You know, when I worked in the hotel. Oh, this is, you know, we've, we've been meaning to talk about this story for ages, but actually now is a really fitting time to yeah. do this story. So I used to work in a hotel in, in Norfolk, which is in the east of England. There was a story about various different people who had seen this little girl work, running around the pub and various different things, but there was no sort of providence to it. But basically, part of my role as a duty manager at the time was to, one, one of us always had to stay in the hotel, be on call basically in case any of the guests needed us. So there was one night where I was, I was in bed, end of the shift, so that must have been about one o'clock in the morning or something like that. I think I, I was probably nodding off to sleep, to be fair, but I sort of rolled up in the duvet, as you do when it's cold, like double rolled in the duvet, and I felt something tug the duvet and then heard clear as day like a little laugh. Freaked me out. I've since thought that it was pr- probably me falling asleep. You know, that subconscious yeah. as you're just knocking off to sleep, something in your head sort of triggers, you know, that falling yeah when you like that and jar awake it was that kind of thing but it really scared the crap out of me and it, i found it very hard to sleep for the rest of the night but didn't you tell me that like when you were finished your shift you turn all the lights off and in the morning the lights would yep. all be on again and stuff always and you also told me that there was a woman who went up to one of the girls that worked with you and yeah. was like have you seen the little girl yes yep well there was one so we had the, there was an old lady that lived in the hotel for the longest time she was there for about two years um and she was quite old but she was sitting in a chair one time and, and like late evening, it must have been about 9.30, she just finished her dinner. She's sitting and she called one of the staff members over and she was like, you need to tell that little girl to behave. She keeps climbing over the chairs and there was nobody else in the drawing room like where she was sitting. <gasps> and it freaked, proper freaked out the freaked out the girl that she told it to. But um, Oh, you never told me that! <laughs> I did tell you that. I'm sure I told you that one. There was another time where one of the girls who was... Um, who I used to work with was uh, sort of in the street in the town, the closest town to the to pub basically, because the pub was in the middle of nowhere. And uh, they were talking about the fact that she worked in the in the pub. And uh, this woman just randomly came up to her and was just like, "Oh, you work in such and such?" And she was like, "Yeah." She's like, "Have you seen a little girl yet?" And it's just like, "What little girl?" And then went off to tell her the story of seeing this little girl running around the garden. But I'm I'm pretty sure my experience was down to me falling asleep. But at the time, it but it could be me. it could be down to falling asleep and being subconsciously aware of these stories existing. Yeah, and then obviously your brain does that whole, you know, weird thing just before it falls asleep, yeah. where it starts to kind of conjure up sounds and images. Yeah, but that that really did scare me. And the 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 other thing that was sort of compound like compounded it with me was the manager just used to tell us off for talking about it. Oh really? Yeah, it's like she was just there was no. no like not even entertaining the thought of it like even when i was like oh no it wasn't like it was just me falling asleep no no do not discuss it around the manager of the pub it was really weird <gasps> and she never sort of elaborated on it maybe and, she just maybe she just freak was freaked out by it yeah and there was a but there was a painting as she went up the stairs to turn the lights off there was a painting of a little victorian girl shut no, i'm not even joking off! 
Like, I think it's probably like, I think it's probably like, you know, the crying kid, the one that was like mass produced. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it was like one of those, but it was just really weird, like having all this stuff going on and then having to constantly go upstairs to turn lights on. And then just the last thing you see before you turn the light off is this picture of this painting of this little girl. Bizarre. That is bizarre. Do you think, do you think they'd let us back to do an investigation? No. Okay. <laughs> no, the manager would never let me do that. <laughs> I've just gotten a text to say, why is your episode not out yet? So we're going to have to finish relatively soon. Can I just say that Lucy, Lucy also messaged me saying, it's Sunday, that means episode 15. And I was like, we haven't recorded it yet. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I know we've been away. We literally got home and we're like, oh, we need to record an episode. So I'm sorry. We've got two reviews this week. Yeah. So our first review is is obviously a five-star review, clearly. It says, Wonderful. This podcast is wonderful, fun, and funny while still maintaining a very spooky air about it. So glad to have found it because it's brought a healthy cocktail of joy and terror to my daily routine. That sounds like the perfect cocktail, joy and terror. That's a good name for a cocktail, actually. Yeah. Oh, we need to think about that when we start our mixology business. <laughs> <laughs> It is on the cards. <laughs> and our other review says, love this podcast. These guys rock. Super entertaining. Great format and a great laugh. Love the accents and colloquialisms. Awesome show. Just enough mystery and ghoul with a punch of real and skepticism. Never long enough, winky face. Okay, we get it. I'm sorry. If you haven't subscribed, you should. And that came from Jaza0209 from Australia. Ooh. G'day. G'day. If you, if you see my sister, say hi. Oh yeah, Dan's sister lives in Australia. I, can, you, can you do an Australian accent? Because I can't. I can only go koala. No, you just got to speak up. <laughs> <laughs> and our first review, by the way, came from Chris Rim, who was the person that contacted me on Twitter. Hey, hey, hear from you soon. Lots the second love. review also had a mixology in it as well. Skepticism punch. Oh, yeah, real and skepticism punch. Oh, I quite like that. So if you enjoyed our episode, we kind of give you a double story this week. Yeah, I, I, sorry about that. <laughs> no, I enjoyed it. If you enjoyed our episode this week, it is slightly longer than we have previously put out. At last! Woo! Yeah, but is that potentially there's a bit of cutting in it. Oh yeah, I still need to edit it, so who knows. Make sure that you tell your friends, really. tell, Recommend us to people. Say to people, hey, I've got this really great little podcast. Stop strangers in the street and say, hey. On a side note, when we went to this ghost trail thing last night, there was two girls talking about podcasts. And they were talking about this podcast called and that's why we drink really really good podcast all about like serial killers and murders and stuff and i was like oh my god those girls are talking about podcasts so i spent a good 15 minutes going so on the podcast what what sort of episode do you think we need to do dan what 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 kind of th- podcast podcast hosts over unfortunately yeah. not getting any response no, to those teams he's staring at a window looking for a ghost yeah, that never no, and then the girls weren't paying attention to me oh it was all very awkward all very awkward but they didn't they didn't care so if you could tell your friends about our podcast we'd and be really random happy. strangers in the and street. random strangers in the street also if you could come and review us if you haven't already we're on 47 ratings Woo! Ooh, nearly, nearly at 50, oh, I know. Maths. Oh, yeah, maths oh, again. Thank you to David for sending us in an awesome story. We absolutely loved it. Loved it. I also think we're forgetting something. What? We've got new artwork and we've not said anything oh, about it. <laughs> Before we get on to that, David. Oh, yeah, thank you, David. Thank Sorry. you. We love it. David is also has said that he will answer any questions that anybody might have about this story. So if you've got any questions, I'm going to put his Instagram handle into the description for this episode come and come and ask us questions and we'll we'll pass them on to him because he's more than happy to answer any questions that you might have about this episode and we have new artwork i completely forgot so the gorgeous um 
um, Somerville did our artwork for us. I've tagged her on Instagram. If you want to get her to do some art for you, it it's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, it's really cool. Like, I love it so much. And I love our little cat. I like the fact that there's a, it's a likeness of us as well, even though it doesn't look like us. There's a likeness. Like, do you know what I mean? It's not like yeah. a... a direct replica of us but it's like that you can see the likeness in it you can see that it does and, and obviously... our t- my tattoo is spot on by the way just in if you want to yeah if you want to see how good that is just look at my tattoo that is almost as perfect replica. i don't really understand how she did it i'm a little bit blown away so thank you to david thank you to M for doing our lovely artwork and thank you to all of you gorgeous people for listening and we shall not going to do any addresses what you're not going to say Instagram, all them handles. Oh shit, yeah. Fuck, we're fucking up this week, aren't we? <laughs> if you want to find us, you can find us on Twitter at Real Ghost Pod. And you can find us on Instagram at Real Life Ghost Stories. And you can find us on Facebook in our little closed group called Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast. And the answer is. And the answer is Emma and Dan, Emma obviously. And Dan. That's, that's, that's us, just FYI. And we shall see you next week. Bye.